A sixteen-year-old young girl murmurs to herself and sings that the spring is already here and she is still so lonely. This is Du Li Niang, a heroine in Tang Xianzu's play The Peony Pavilion. The play is famous for its Kun opera and in recent years has won more attention worldwide than ever before. Kunqu, based on folk music from the Suzhou region, is the mother of all Chinese operas. It developed during the early Ming Dynasty more than 400 years ago and reached its golden age shortly after the Ming Dynasty's collapse. The Peony Pavilion, Hall of Longevity, thousands of martyrs, and the fan of peach flowers are the four most celebrated ancient Chinese operas. Of the quartet, the Peony Pavilion, also named The Return of the Soul at the Peony Pavilion, written in 1598 by Tang Xianzu, has been the most popular Quinchu opera for a good 400 years. Tang Xianzu is one of the two greatest Chinese dramatists, along with Guan Hanqing. In many Western and Eastern movies, such scenes are quite common. Here she comes, her hair flowing in the wind, and at that moment, the time stops and the whole world is quiet. It sounds like falling in love at first sight, a scene that has been played out too many times on stages, on TV, and in films. But can you imagine a lady falling in love with a man in her dreams, and not being able to forget him? You might not be able to understand the beauty of this 400-year-old opera from China because your cultural background is detached from it. But falling in love crosses all cultures, right? Sometimes love is sweet, and sometimes it's painful. But you can still feel your heartstrings being plugged when you think of him or her. Well, to help you understand the Peony Pavilion masterpiece, I need to give you a bit of background. In ancient culture, a Chinese gentleman would never look straight into the eyes of a woman, nor say "I love you" and hug you to his chest. It's too direct. Chinese people are reserved, and it's not considered appropriate to say out loud that "I love you." Rather, he would take you to the garden, where there is a curvy creek. And a pavilion, and look up into the sky and say, "Look at the moon, isn't it beautiful?" A lady growing up in a noble family should not go onto the street nor meet men in private. The parents would help her find a man to marry, one they think is the perfect match. The young lady should marry someone with the same social status. If the lady is the daughter of a high-ranking empress official, then the man should also be someone from a similar background. When girls reach the age of fifteen to sixteen, they start to expect love, but they have to accept the arranged marriage. The Peony Pavilion is a love story that transcends time and space. It contains both dreams and supernatural elements. The heroine Du Li Niang falls asleep in her family garden under a plum tree 
and has a vivid dream of meeting a handsome young scholar, Liu Mengmei. In her dream, Liu approaches her with a willow branch, talks to her, sings to her, and they appreciate the beautiful flowers together. The interesting thing is Liu Mengmei is in the same dream with Du Liliang. Well, if you get a chance to read the original edition of Tang Xianzu's work through its poetry, you infer that they even make love in the dream, and it's a beautiful dream to Du Liliang. When she wakes up, she is possessed by this dream's imagery. She pines away after her dream lover until she dies. Three years after she dies, Du's dream lover Liu Mengmei stops in the garden while he is traveling to take his civil service exam. He sees the heroine's portrait in the garden and is amazed by the beautiful lady in the picture. He feels like the lady in the picture is someone he knows, but just can't remember when they met before, and then. Liu Mengmei also falls asleep in the garden. Du Liliang's spirit visits him, and they again have a wonderful romantic encounter in which she persuades him that she is actually buried in the garden, and that if he digs her up, she will come back to life. The ruler of hell is called Tang Guan in Chinese, which means Judge of Hell. It is he who decides people's destiny after they die. Du Liliang begs the judge to allow her to meet Liu again. The judge is deeply touched by their love and decides to let her come back to life. Liu Mengmei digs up the coffin, and her body is miraculously preserved. She comes back to life. Liu and Du get married. Just giving you the major plot may not give you a full understanding of the story. A lady falling deeply in love with the man in her dream is quite strange. After all, even dying because she misses him so much. To be honest, as a modern woman who bravely pursues my own love, I couldn't understand it at all at first. But I understand that the custom in ancient China was that women shouldn't find love by themselves, but accept the arranged marriage. If it was ever found that any young lady went to meet a man in private, she would be castigated by society, and it would destroy her. Du Liliang doesn't even know that the beast in her heart is calling for the freedom to love. She's obsessed with her Mister Right from the dream, a dream she believes is real, and her soul is captured. She loves the way he talks to her. She loves the moment when they appreciate flowers together in the garden, and she loves the tender feeling of being loved. The love she feels is no different from how young people feel today. But there is one point I want to mention: Du is like a prisoner shackled in a feudal society where ladies can't love freely. But in today's society, young people are still chained in terms of how to find true love. Everything has become so strategic and so tacky these days. School and parents are always telling the youngsters, especially in high school, not to date because the Chinese gaokao, with the Chinese version of SAT, is so important that they need to score well in the most difficult and important examination, which, in their words, can decide their future destiny. 
when young people finally get into college, they will probably fall in love, and many might break up during the graduation period. After they start to work, parents would think it's the perfect timing for their adult children to find the right partner. Their parents will urge them to bring a girlfriend or a boyfriend home, but of course, they'll still ask their children to find someone who matches their social status, educational background, or whoever own an apartment in a big city, or who they think can match their kids. They'll go on and on to their children about that will be the smartest choice. Isn't this also a certain type of shackle, if an invisible one? There are other shackles too. What other people say and what society expects you to become is also a kind of chain trying to control you. For example, you should be successful as a man, and you should be slim as a lady, or you should be a good kid and score high in your academic study, etc. All these are shackles. I don't think I need to explain the resurrection part too much. And many of our Western listeners probably understand it, since this is a feature that appears in many other books. The love between them is great enough that a miracle happens. The playwright Tang Xianzu wanted them to meet naturally. Meeting in dreams is very romantic and even sexual. Hundreds of years ago, suppressed love can only be fully released in a dream. Another thing I want to mention is the judge of hell is usually the embodiment of feudal authority or the suffocating moral standards of that society. He will not do something so crazy as to set free a spirit like that. But he is so touched by the love between the two, so he decides to let Du Liang come back to life. Du insists on a formal wedding ceremony with Liu Mengmei. On one hand, you could say. Their love has gained freedom, and they've broken their shackles. On the other, you could also say a heroine like Du still needs to get approval from the judge to be resuscitated. It may not seem a real free choice. Du Liang wants to legalize their marriage, understandable, but it also indicates that the mentality of playwright Tang Xianzu was also to bring justice and legitimacy to the couple. In any case, I myself love to see a happy ending. It's not a tragedy. Du has won the battle, fighting for her own love and her right to love. Coming back to life to meet Mr. Right is hardly convincing today. But when you watch the delicate Queen Opera edition of the Peony Pavilion, believe me, you will understand and you will believe it. It's a metaphor. That if you really believe in something, you could even die and come back to life. Faith is very important. An uncut performance of this romantic 17th-century work can take more than 22 hours. Chinese composer Tan Dun, best known for his Academy Award-winning score for the film *Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon*, adapted the work into a compact 75 minutes several years ago. His version was performed in the Astor Court, a replica of a Chinese garden in New York's Metropolitan Museum, in 2012. More than 50 audiences from the U.S. watched it, and the show was a success. Love is a pretty powerful drug, isn't it? When you feel it, you really feel it. It can suspend time, freeze space, and make the whole world stop for you too. 
The Peony Pavilion still has art value today. Du Linliang has become a figure who bravely and persistently pursues love or the freedom to love. If you're interested in this Queen Opera, I suggest you visit the MeMuseum.org and click the link Peony Pavilion to check out the New York Metropolitan Museum edition. Please leave a message for me after watching it on Facebook. My Facebook account is Celine Lu Min. Thank you for joining me today. See you next time.